Hello! Good day, everyone! Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast! This Pioneer Podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners, who are also into Pioneer, into all the things that are new, interesting, and powerful in the world Pioneer. I'm your strange and wonderful host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts. Yeah, you always have great energy when you start off, and then by the time we get to the end, you're just like, dragging. <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey everybody it's ryan here uh it's the uh cardboard samurai out of the tokyo area of japan and our third host oh it's your boy ashiak back for uh back for uh, another episode to talk about some very exciting topic like uh the lands of the pioneer yeah we, we talk about lands what every couple months or so kevin would you say like whenever no, i don't think we've ever mentioned lands on the podcast oh, before they're kind of a new thing yeah <laughs> You know, like I, you know, I think last time when uh, New Capenna came out, we were talking about like the Triumphs impact and stuff like that, and uh, and I, I wanted to say, you know, I think now we finally pretty much got like the best possible. I mean, this is my hot take is that we have the best possible mana base that Pioneer is going to get. We finished most of the important cycles, but would you guys agree or disagree? Well, well, okay. So I think you know, I think you're, you're saying something important is that when we would usually talk about. Uh, the mana bases in Pioneer, it would always devolve into us complaining that we had unfinished yeah. cycles. We were always like, it's really not fair that, you know, we've got enemy yeah. um, fast this, lines, but, but not allied fast mm-hmm. lines. And we would say, you know, it's, it's really unfair that we've got enemy. It was, you know, it was everything. It was the enemy yeah. fast lines. It was the enemy pain lands. Yeah. Uh, we, we just picked up the allied of both of those in the last like four sets. Um, you know, yeah, this feels like we've finally completed where we have been. Uh, we've got everyone kind of on the same playing field now. So, yeah, is this, like I said, is this going to be like the best mana base we're going to get? Is this what people can expect the Pioneer mana base to be going forward? We always, you know, I think it was Rosewater always said, like, he doesn't want fetch lands in the format. So, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Like, yeah, go, go ahead. I think, I think it becomes a really, really awkward because like, what do we mean by like best? Like, I think this is like the, like what, what we're happy with as like a starting point, but I do think in the future, we're going to see new land cycles mm. that have the possibility of like breaking through. Like I can't talk about it. Cause like I'm don't work in like the design mm-hmm. space or whatever. However, like I don't think anyone expected triumphs to exist. And now here we yeah. are. Yeah. So like, obviously Wizards will continue printing lands, and obviously some of those will be at a power level where they could see play in Pioneer. So, like, you know, you could almost say this is the worst that it's ever going to be because it's only going to get better from here. But Mm. I don't think that there's any obvious holes. Like, I definitely think that that was more of, like, near the end of the episode I thought we would talk about. Like, hey, what's left? What Mm -hmm. is the design space that we still, you know, have potential in? Um, Because I think that that is an interesting question. Like, yes, these are kind of... We've now all of our easy list of like, hey, we really want to see these have been answered. Mm -hmm. And from now on, it's like, okay, where do we branch out to further from here? So it's a great question. I was going to leave that closer towards the end, though. I don't know if you want to jump on that right now is like what you predict as future land cycles or anything like that. Yeah, let's see future land cycles for the end. And let's just kind of start off with, uh, like we said, all the things that are finished now. Pain lands finished. Shocks finished. Triumphs finished. Um, Of course... Uh, Fastlands got finished. finished. Um, um, Shadowlands and Snarls are kind of the same, right? Yeah, those so are the those same are, ones. Those, those are finished. Um, Scrylands, of course, finished. Um, uh, we also have Checklands yep. finished. Yep. Um, I will note we don't have the allied um, duels. Or the allied, uh, sorry, not duels, the manland duels. 
Yeah, that's the only one we're missing. Is like the OG Zendikar duel uh, or yeah, Midland. Yes. So that's like your your raging ravines, mm-hmm. your celestial colonnades, like things like that. That's definitely an interesting one because I think that the original cycle were a lot stronger overall than the new ones. So I think that the original cycle are probably reasonable power level for what the power level of Pioneer is, but the the new, the newer ones don't see any play at all. So it mm-hmm. almost feels like I'd rather see, you know, like a new cycle of 10 rather than seeing the old ones reprinted. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause otherwise that would just be an advantage for the new ones. Cause I think a handful of those would see play. Whereas none of the old, n- none of the new ones see play at all, you know, other yeah. than here and there. They're, they all got outclassed by uh, adventures of the forgotten mm-hmm. realm. Duels yeah. <laughs> or modern lands. They just like, they're just infinitely better. Minus like cave cave is obviously the exception, but cave, cave doesn't um, exist. They're, yeah. they're just, they're just so good. I mean, like if you're in white, you're not playing that card. Anyway, you're playing the best man land in the format, which is mutable. <laughs> uh, we are going back to Zinnikar one more time this year, I believe. Right. So maybe we'll get them in there. Yeah. So the other, no. the other cycles we don't have, I think we're missing the other half of the cycle lands, the bicycle lands. Yeah. True. And, the bicycle lands. From and also the tango lands. I don't think so. No, I thought we got those now. I don't think we got the tango. Did we? I don't know what the Tango the lands tango, are. The ones from uh, Battle for Zendikar, where you need to have... Oh, no, the Battle for Zendikar cycle isn't finished. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm crazy. I wonder if they ever will do it. I mean, <laughs> no. do they need to do it? I don't know. I, don't... I highly doubt it. I think I think the Battle for Zendikar lands are Dookie Diarrhea. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's very uh, astounding were... that we see Prairie Streams deep play nowadays. They were fine, you know, when we had fetch lands, like in Frontier and stuff like that, you know, or back when Khans was out at the same... Was that at the same time? I can't remember. Khans in Battle for Zendikar. Um, they followed one into another, I believe, because yeah. that was the same standard cycle or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. So, cycle bicycle lands, I think, could be good, but I think it's going to be negligible. I don't think they're going to have too big of an impact. It'll be nice to have, but not going to be a huge impact on, on the format. What do you guys? Think? Yeah, I think I think the only one that like might actually like branch is we have to think about like the blue ones, and I think like maybe the Simic one. Mm-hmm. That's like a hard maybe, but if I had to like think a little bit more realistically. I think that uh, the the Orzhov one would see play because mm. we see a lot of these like random red black mm-hmm. or sorry red black um white black doom foretold token strategies that I think could really like benefit yeah. from having it because uh, they already played things like Tron I mean ones. I so like it's just a strict I, I would say I, I mean I would use the uh, excuse that Mardu land bases aren't good because we don't have the bicycle lands but that's just a cop out the Mardu just kind of sucks yeah that's just <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's I, I could cool. see you know maybe if there's a deck that's looking for chain to the rocks and you have like a mm-hmm. red white um you know then you could be playing like all lands that tap for red yeah you know, you'd be playing like mountains sacred foundry mm-hmm. and the uh, red white uh tango land mm-hmm. and then those would all Our be counted land, as mountains yeah. you know if you've got something that cares about the the basic land type that's where mm-hmm. i can see it especially in the enemy colors mm-hmm. okay so that covers all of our cycles so now i kind of want to talk i mean i am not a, a claudio level mana base maker you know he, he he's been <laughs> doing our fight the five uh color you know mana bases forever he knows exactly which lands which color he needs to have in there i'm horrible at that so i thought we'd start mm. off today kind of talking about what kind of land cards out of all these land cards we just you know covered what kind would you use for each archetype you know if you're going to make an aggro deck or if you were going to make a mid-range deck or control deck you know etc what kind of mana base would you use so wh- where do you guys want to start um, with you want to start with control that seems like a up in your guys' wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting control. 
Uh, I think it's really dependent because there's a lot of different cards in the format uh, that you have to try to consider. You have to try to consider if you need the basic land types and how glued to that you are for cards mm-hmm. like Laydown Arms or any island-based cards that you might want to be running. Uh, for example, I think Flow of Knowledge cares about islands, so... Things like that uh, is what you have to come to consideration. But if we're looking at just control, uh, I think the slow lands are a really good starting point. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially uh, with a, defaulting to shocks, too, as well. Like, I think if any, if the second that you open up another color, the first lands that you look at are shock lands. Uh, but I think the biggest benefit of the two-color decks is I think that's where pathways shine the most. I think pathways are the best in two-color control, mm. slower uh type decks where you really don't you really get like a lot of more time to like choose your lands and uh, a lot more like that uh check lands obviously as well um, pathways i totally forgot that was another land cycle that's finished sorry i forgot there's so many yeah, yeah i know yeah. pathways got finished i think there's a lot really interesting there that you touched that both of you touched on that i want to try and address so first of all you know with those um the what do we call them, the slow lands? I agree that those are definitely great in any kind of control deck. And the way I've usually looked at them is that as long as you have like two other lands in your hand, they're always going to come in untapped because, you know, you're never going to play them turn one. You can play them turn one if you, you know, don't have anything to play. Um, and as long as you have like two other lands, then it'll enter untapped. So you're a control deck. You're not really going to be keeping many two land hands ever. So it's really, you don't have to worry about them whatsoever. So yeah, I definitely agree there. Those feel good. Um, but I think in general, control is really an interesting one to make. It, it feels very different making a mono base for control than other decks because you're kind of like, okay, where can I get some value? Where can mm. I do things? Like that's the only place that we see bicycles see play is like the blue white. Um, it's where you see a lot of the field of ruin see play as a mono fixer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like as interaction because you want to have some kind of value on your land. So I think that that is like a deck that builds its mana base very uniquely from anything else. Even the other like slower mid-range decks um, don't get to take quite the same strategy of running like I want eight cycle lands kind of thing sometimes. And I think it also depends on if you're running Yorian or not Yorian, right? Yeah, that, that depends on amounts as well. But I think yeah. the other thing that we also forgot to mention about Control is the access to Fable Passage. Uh, I think in a two-color deck, if you really care about like running delve spells, Fail of Passage is a great option for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just at any point going forward where you go to two colors or more, Fail of Passage is a great option, um, assuming that you do want to run that amount of basics. But when you're a two-color deck, you also get to look at utility lands a lot more. Yeah. Uh, that's why you see a lot of like blue-white control... Uh, and a Demir Control run a lot of these like Guy Reach Sanitarium. Like you'll never mm-hmm. see that in an Aero deck, but you'll see that in Blue Block all the time. Something with the uh, Castle Vantress, yeah. mm-hmm. the Castle Cycle. You'll see that C play all the time in these like mm-hmm. slower decks. However, uh, I don't think we've seen a Castle Embreath in the format since its inception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, so, so maybe maybe the way to do this is like I don't know about you, but I'm picturing Blue White when we're talking about Control here. Um, so maybe to kind of yep. answer Ryan's question is like if we were to, if someone is bringing you like, hey, I've got this black white Control deck I want to play. I need help with my mana base. Where would you start with them? Like, what would you what would be the first things you're looking at? Let's say we're looking at like 25, 26 lands. Um, where would you go about building that? I think you start off with shocks, yeah. and then you go to think about what other colored lands, because you need enough mana fixing, because if you're running both colors, we can assume that you want, like, let's just say for the sake of the argument, you want an equal distribution of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go shock lands, you go pathways, you go check lands. Mm. I think those are the most important, like, three and two color decks. Okay. Um, 
And then from there on out, then that's where you get a lot more of like your uh, stylistic choice. Like if you're a value deck and you need more value, or if you're a little bit more like really concerned with your mana, like let's just say you're trying to balance Invoke Despair in your deck with Fraxian Vindicator, then you'll need a lot more <laughs> color fixing type things. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go that far. Uh, I was gonna say like maybe Gideon and Fire and uh, or Gideon and Invoke Despair, but yeah, something like that. Some 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 very, I, I try to pick the most vast range that yeah. you didn't get any choice <laughs> See, in your in your. Um, I would extra I would think you'd colors. want triumphs or cycle lands as well if you're building a control. Uh, it really it really depends. Usually you want bicycle lands. However, since bicycle lands don't exist in every single mm -hmm. uh, color combination, but I mean like they exist in the important ones. Like I think uh, is it is one that we're also missing, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. might see play in like creativity if it ever yeah. gets printed. Um, but no, like you usually just start off with like uh, one or two. I think you start off like one or two, and then you work your way up depending on how uh, how many lands you run. I think once you get towards like the twenty six number, that's when you start to look at like your cycle lands. Yeah, I think your mention of yeah. check lands is probably the only place where I might vary. Like I don't know if that's an auto include for me. You know, if we're running the full set of pathways, if I'm running the full set of the slow lands, if I'm running you know the shocks count, but. Uh, I've, I feel like the check lands have gotten a little bit pushed out there and that I would need to see how many basics I'm running. Like if it's not something that's trying to cast Invoke Despair and I'm able to run, you know, Muta Vaults or Field of Ruins or, you know, some other uh, non-colored utility lands in quite a high number, um, I could see the check lands not making that list just because they're going to enter tapped a fair amount of the time. No, that's entirely fair. I have one more thing I wanted to ask. Where would you guys see uh, DFCs, the dual face cards? Would you consider those as being part of the land base, or is that just kind of like something totally different it's, that we won't talk about today? It's very dependent. Um, I think that uh, a certain amount of them can make up a land slot. Like, I think I think the number, the sweet spot is between two and three. Like, if I'm running a full playset of uh, Spikefield Hazard, mm -hmm. we'll say, which is the most common one, mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit negligible for a land sometimes in your aggressive decks. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we're talking about control, uh, the only double face card that uh, comes to mind disruption. is like Dwari Disruption. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I don't think that card has seen play since. I guess, well. I guess the question is, do you <laughs> see those types of cards as more as lands with, with like a, a benefit or do you see them as spells with a land? I think I kind of lean towards spell with land, and I think that part of the thing for me is that I really only see them in decks that have some kind of synergy with the spell portion. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'll see things where, you know, Phoenix has ways to find an instant or sorcery or cares about casting an instant or sorcery. They really need those extra instant sorcery numbers in the deck, mm -hmm. but it's hard to give up a land slot for that. So, you know, if they had a utility land in the same slot, like, sure, a Den of the Bugbear would be great, but it doesn't count as a... You know, and it's in sorcery when you're mm -hmm. doing a, uh, you know, looking at the top five and picking two instant sorceries, you know, that kind of thing. So okay. mm -hmm. um, we, we kind of see that with like the blue black control decks too. Sometimes, you know, they'll pull Narset and if you can find a Jawari disruption, you can, that that's a nice little bonus. Yeah, it's an extra land drop, but I agree wholeheartedly with what, uh, what was said. Do you guys want to move on to the next archetype? Because, you know, control sounds like, uh, the yeah, most, yeah. like the most difficult one. I think aggro is pretty straightforward. I actually don't think it's the most really? difficult one. I think, if anything, combo is the hardest. Combo is the hardest. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Aggro, then, it's straightforward yeah. still, right? But aggro. Aggro is super fast straightforward. Fast lands, yeah. yes. Uh, you, fast lands. Uh, I think this is where we start to get to the argument of, like, um, uh, shocks are usually auto-included mm -hmm. in every two-color deck. But I think this is where we start to get towards more of, like, the pain lands mm -hmm. or... Pathways. Pathways again. Pathways again look really great here. You just always want your land to come in untapped yeah. well, on the first three turns, which is just really important. Uh, this is where I think the monocolored uh, aggro lands from, uh, or sorry, man lands, mm -hmm. uh, 
I think this is where they shine the most in these aggro decks or these mid-range style decks. Uh, you just always need your lands coming un untapped early. You're going to be running a lower account, so you don't have access to these like uh, channel lands mm. or any any sort of like ability-based lands or value-based lands. Like maybe you can like fit one or two in, like maybe a Besaidu if you're like auras, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you get like much of a choice when it comes to uh, two-color decks. You're playing lands that come in untapped, and that's all you really care about. Yeah, and Painland's usually the first to go. Like we said last time when we finally got the uh, rest of the fast lands, um, you do still need to kind of worry about if you're taking too much damage between that and shocks. Or Mana Confluence, like, that's also an option yeah. if you're an aggro deck, learning yeah. some off-color cards, like, we've seen that come up in Bogles now, mm -hmm. for casting your, uh, I think it's like Kaya's Ghost Farm and Hammerhead that are the two splashes, yeah. uh, typically. Uh, Kevin, do you have any hot takes on aggro mana bases? Yeah, he's doing something, I uh, think. Unlucky. Unlucky. I but um, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get back to him. I think maybe his dogs or uh, you know something happened over his of side. Course, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll no. come back to him. Let's 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 talk about mid range next. Yeah, mid range mid range. I think is like uh, I think the second hardest one. Uh, I think control it goes aggro control mid range combo in my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, but mid range is really hard because you need to be able to balance the fast lands with the slow lands with the the check land like so, this one's a lot harder because it, it, there's mid-range covers a whole lot of different definitions i don't know if i would play fast lands in a mid-range deck if i'm if i'm hitting stuff if i want to be able to hit stuff like on turn three or turn four uh then i think i'd like you said shocks are fine i think tr maybe triomes especially if you get into three color you know something like a, a, a niv or an omnath mm. or, or something like that those are kind of i consider those to be mid-range decks um yeah uh i don't know what else do we need in there at pathways but yeah. i think um i think uh when we're looking at mid-range decks i think you actually do really want to consider the fast lands i think you might not be giving them enough credit mm -hmm. uh they're just they're quick lands that come in untapped like i think the the most popular mid-range deck in the format that we see is rakdos mid-range mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they adopted a playset of black leaf cliffs instantly because at mid-range's curve usually tops off at like three or four mm -hmm. and so if it comes into play tapped on turn four okay you should have scheduled your lands a bit better yeah. or you just got a little bit unlucky with your draw yeah usually they're they're coming untapped they're painless because i think i think pain is a little bit more negligible in aggro and a lot more uh, a lot more like relevant when it comes to like control and mid-range is like that sweet spot where you can't really run run too many but you can afford to run like one or two pain lands if you mm -hmm. want really depends on your deck yeah um but you just care about like and you also just have to you have a better balance of uh the mana fixing colors with the uh utility uh you run a lot uh you run a lot more of these like like i think like rakados midrange i think is the one i think about that's the one that runs a lot more of those like man lands mm -hmm. that are really powerful but it also can run cards like castle lock yeah which is just a draw engine value uh, and I think there's a lot of these mid-range decks that exist that do get to run the, uh, a mix of both of these, which is just like amazing for them. Yeah, yeah so that, that's what I was definitely going to go for, is that when I think mid-range, I think that I'm trying to squeeze the most value out of every single card I have. Like, they're very much the highest card value per card kind of archetype. And I think that a big part of that is like, hey, what can we do with our lands that we get more value out of them than just tapping for my mana? So I want my regular lands to be both colors so that I don't have to worry about you know running single color utility lands or non-color utility lands mm -hmm. and running as many of them as possible. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and we didn't... And I think this is... 
the easiest archetype that can also abuse the channel lands. Mm -hmm. I think midrange very easily because I think they're the ones that are most likely to play it as an actual land, but mm -hmm. they're the ones that I can also get the most value out they of. They don't it. have a lot of like I don't think players. I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen control run more than like one or two because they want more like in play value lands versus mid range is a lot uh, a lot easier to like hold these types of lands, like your Basajus, mm -hmm. your Takanumas. Yeah, I mean red green vehicles is also kind of a mid range deck, and they love to you know just play their Basaju turn one because it taps for an elf. Yeah, and then Sokenzin's also just really great in that deck too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin, did you want to say anything about aggro? We lost you, you know, when we were. Oh yeah, sorry, you lost me for a second there. I was still available. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I have to say with aggro is just like, yeah, you want all of your lands to be untapped, and that's what you're uh, you're going the most for. The only interesting thing I think with aggro that you have to think about is when you're playing a deck that's like mono red and you often are getting or like if you're playing a red green deck but you've got like a lot of red one drops there are times when you need to go like triple one drop so that can make your mana costs um more specific than you would think like if you're like oh i've got even red even green but if you're sometimes trying to cast three red one drops or like you know two red one drops at a shock on the same turn that can be really important that was the only thing i would have said for uh, for okay. aggro and i don't know if you already covered that that's good um, so last is combo. You guys said combo is really difficult. Can you explain how is that the most difficult uh, mana base? Because to different combo decks require different mana bases, and so it's really hard to just try to talk about it generally. So talking about it more specifically, we all mentioned Lotus, which I think is like the most abundant combo deck outside of Nick. Those combo decks, we'll touch yeah. those later. Yeah. Um, but with like Lotus, uh, I think Lotus is the only deck in. Um, Pioneer that is really good that plays a Scryland. Mm. Like you don't see Scryland see play outside of anywhere else. Um, it's 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 really difficult to build it because you have to think about like what utility lands can I run that help me with my combo? Do I need these Scrylands that help me find cards that are more important to go with my combo lands? Uh, like talking about that style of deck is a lot harder because like Sylvan Scrying also finds all these utility lands because now because mm -hmm. I think combo is the one or sorry I think uh, Lotus Field runs I think it's on average five or six channel lands so mm -hmm. there's a lot more value in your mana base there's they do a lot more like you need to make your mana stretch a lot more uh, in combo decks you need you need it to go the distance you need a lot you need I think this is where you're actually trying to eke out every single bit of value with your lands if you can you also just need them to I mean, it, it depends on your combo, combo deck. You know, that was our last topic it's, last week, right? We went over all the yeah. different combo decks. Lotus Field. It's such a wide yeah. range. Yeah. It's such a Abzan, wide range. We had Abzan, like, Parhelion, we had uh, Monogreen Devotion. Yeah. Like, if we're talking about, like, combo with, like, Monogreen Devotion, obviously it's a lot harder. Because, mm -hmm. like, like, what are you supposed to, like, like, it's, it's, you play your green co sources, you just try to find the Nick those. Yeah. It's the only mana base there. But when you're trying to do a combo, like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, like creativity, I think is an interesting mm. one. The assert, like, because we saw, I think uh, we this is where we saw the innovation with the last PT PT Phyrexia with the Chana Fireball team into creativity, and they started putting Mutavolt in their deck, mm -hmm. which was something that never was done because people had saw that you had to cast the card in Dominable Creativity, which has three red mana sources, which is you're splashing that deck, mm. you're splashing red, you're not mainly playing red, um, and then you just you couldn't run Mutavolt, but Channel Fireball the team found a way to make it all work. And that's why I think it's really interesting because I think combo mana bases are the ones that are the most unexplored because you just think mm. it has to be so rigid mm. to cast your spells, but you can still eke out a lot of value through these like man lands that you didn't know existed mm -hmm. or these like secret little, I don't know, scry land, whatever, whatever it may be. There's so many options. Okay. Um, 
if it's all right to move on. So we kind of touched on how to build these types of archetypes, you know, mid-range aggro combo control and stuff like that. And I think I just wanted to kind of recap what we talked about by going into like, how would you build uh, a land base for a two color deck or uh, a land base for a three color deck? You know, like what are you playing? So for example, if you're gonna do a two color deck uh, control, we said we would use, you know, uh you know maybe some pathways some shocks uh etc etc for aggro we'd use uh fast lands um maybe some pain lands and shocks of course and stuff like that uh but i don't know is there anything else you need to consider when you're going from like two lands to three lands to you know a five color multi-land deck or multi-color deck? Uh, i assume you mean multi-color yeah. yeah um so what happens you'll see a lot is in these two color decks, that's where you'll see a lot of like an abundance of utility lands, like your field urns, your castles, and similar. Uh, but the second that you start to become more and more colors, the less and less uh, quote unquote value or uh, cool your lands can get with utility. Like the only thing that you can run is like your cool utility land is like a cycle land, which is your triumphs when it comes to five mm -hmm. colors. Like I can't be a five color deck that's also playing these value cards like Castle Lockwing. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Because if I have access to these five colors, I should be playing more powerful spells and cards that can get me more value that way. And my mana base should be functional if I'm five colors. If I'm two colors, I can usually cast all of my spells anyway so I can get some value out of my mana base. Um, and you don't really have to worry about your card selection when it comes to like your two colors because like you, you'll still be playing like your value cards. And so color, color is them. more important as you, get, as you go up, basically. You, yeah. and then, you get less utility the more colors yeah. you are. More value, more utility for the the less colors. Anything else you want? Yeah, it's really yeah. awkward. I, I think what I would say as well is, um, you know, if you were asking, so what else we would talk about? I think that it's important to just kind of know about when you care about having your mana. Um, and I think that a big example for me would be like Bant Spirits when that was a popular deck. Um, they had usually one green card in the deck and it was Collected Company. So you didn't need that mana that would come in untapped early for green because you needed to have a green source by turn mm. four and that that's it you know turn four turn five and that was fine in contrast you could be a two color deck but if you're running elvish mystic lana war elves you need to have that green on turn one no matter what it's more mm. important to have that green turn one than it is to have you know a consistent number of your green sources just because the power difference between a turn one elvish mystic and a turn two elvish mystic is enormous so I think that that's probably the biggest one is, you know, if I'm playing Monodorks on one, it is just so hugely important to be thinking about every one of my lands coming in untapped for green mm -hmm. on turn one. Um, whereas if you're looking at a splash color, like there's other times where it's like, okay, I've got a splash and it's a sideboard card. You know, I'm playing like this three color deck. I'm barely running, you know, blue or something, but like, hmm, can I run Mystical Disputes in my sideboard? And it's like, okay. I was usually only trying to find one blue by turn four, turn five, play whatever, I don't know, the combo piece or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not best to play something that wants to have an untapped blue early because um, that's not always going to be viable. So that's, I think, the only other thing to think about is, like, if it's something you need super early and if it's something you can splash for. And I'd say on the, the, you know, the flip side's true also where you'll have sometimes it's like, okay, this is my, like, my random... Yeah, uh, it's my silver bullet mm -hmm. uh, sideboard card. Sure, I can run a, a splash silver bullet sideboard card because when I have it, I'll keep those hands where it's good enough to win me the game. All right, and actually all of your talk about splashing kind of segues into another question I was going to ask you guys. And if you were going to splash a third color, for example, like in Banned Spirits, um, what kind of lands would you be considering? Like are shocks the best ones or is there other ways to splash? 
shocks are usually like really 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 painful so i think uh obviously you want to play a certain amount but you also need to spread it uh, you can't just be 12 shocks i think you need to be in some fast lands if you're an aggressive creature deck uh if we're talking specifically about span spirits uh, I think I want to think of more about Pathways. I think Pathways were really good for a while because they were your early mana sources and you could just like, and whenever you needed the green source, it, you could just flip it over for the green whenever mm-hmm. you needed it. Like you just needed the one source. So, And then the rest of them it, would all come in as one of your main colors, not your splash colors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The lands always worked out really well for Vant Spirits. Uh, so it really depends how, how heavy into the splash you are. Like I think our prime example, if we want to look at like two colors, is like Elves. Elves only plays three black card or sorry four black cards, which is Shaman of the Pact, and it, it still runs like uh, God. How many sources did black sources run? It runs an infinite amount, mm-hmm. uh, blooming marshes and all that. So it, it really depends on how how deep into the splash you are and how necessary it is for your strategy to work out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested. I, I, that was something I was thinking about when preparing for this episode. Is I was like, I don't feel good making a deck and starting with twelve shocks. Like, I don't think that's the right way to go. Mm. But other times, it's like, well, oh, that seems obvious. Maybe it's just that you know, multicolored decks are just not as good, and maybe that's where we'll need to see some improvement. But yeah, I, I do not love starting my deck by going, okay, here's twelve shock lands. I'm going to be taking six to eight damage from my mana every single game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really important because I think we're at a really aggressive state or we're starting to trend towards a little bit more of an aggressive state where your life total really, really matters. Like these small points just matter so much more now. Mm. Okay. Um, so we've been talking a lot about multicolor decks, you know, two, three, four, five colors. Um, let's go back to our, our topic. Our topic. Um, uh, let's go back to monocolor decks. And talk hmm. about how to build them. You guys were talking about utility lands uh, and about how to get value and stuff like like that. And I think that mono uh, colored mana bases gives you the best access to those types of utility lands. So let's kind of put that together. How would you go about building a mono colored mana base? Like, w- how many you know basic lands would you have? How many utility lands would you have? How many uh, you know, for example, colorless utility versus uh, uh, the stuff that's like the monocolor, for example, like Den of the Bugbear, etc., etc. Uh, I th- I think with monocolored, it really depends where you start. Like for example, my baby recently with this newest set, mono white, mono white, mm-hmm. uh, mono white uh, big mono white. I started with uh, a Yorion, so my mana base might be like, like a, the my, uh, the numbers might sound a little silly, uh, but it's I start off with like nineteen planes, and I was like, okay, so I want to dedicate sixty six percent of my lands to being planes. Just I I need them to cast my spells. Mm-hmm. All of, I'm not playing a single colorless card, and now I think, okay, now where can I get utility out of my mana base? And so I started looking through the pioneer decks, and I'm like, my deck's really slow. What can it do really well? It can play Field of Rune really mm. well, and so I can play eight Field of Rune. And then I looked through the mana base and I was like, hey, what else can I play? Is there any other cool utility lands? And I think the things that we have to think about are like castles. I think castles are severely underrated in monocolored decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of like Garenbrig and Ambreath, I think the other three are just auto-includes in every single monocolored deck that they're in. Well, Garenbrig yeah. saw um, some play uh, in the, the ramp deck Bargo. before you know, we got to Nykthos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before Mono Green became a combo yeah. deck. Yeah, and I think that's part um, of that, just that the current mono green deck doesn't, ha- you know, its payoffs aren't creatures, so you don't have a lot of like six drop creatures. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's four and five drop, or it's four drop, uh, planeswalkers mostly. Yeah. yeah, and six mana spells. So yeah, that math just doesn't work out anymore. You're not casting a voracious hydra, which was like the coolest thing you could do with a castle yeah. in Bridge anyway. 
Um, but now, like you, 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 I started with uh, the field of runes, and then I think what eventually changed is you kind of just look at because like I was playing a lot of artifacts and I was playing a lot of enchantments, and so roadside reliquary was a standard all star. So mm. I started including it because I needed that little bit more card draw mm -hmm. because I found myself not running out of cards really quickly. Um, and you just kind of like look through the list of these colorless lands. Like I was like, okay, I'm playing a lot of cards with like uh, two white pips. Nykthos is an option for me. I can play Nykthos. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you just kind of, like, go down the list of, like, these colorless lands that kind of go through your head, and you test and cut. Like, I couldn't play, I couldn't play, um, Castle Ardenvale anymore, because it didn't work well enough with Lay Down the Arms, because I need those planes. Mm. Yeah, okay. I would think that, I also started I would think that would be usually included, Castle Ardenvale. <laughs> no, I had to cut it, man. It was so sad. Uh, what about... I also started playing Displacer, so it was also the main reason. What about but... Channel Lands? In Monocolor? Channel Lands are... Channel lands are some of the most broken lands that have been printed uh, <laughs> Which, uh, as of recently. So I definitely think that we we, we can talk about channel lands here because it, it's it's very dependent on what your deck's trying to do. Um, if you're mono white aggro, you can run I think one freely in any mm -hmm. monocolor deck. But I think when you start to go like, how many besages do you realistically need in a monocolor deck? Mm. Like, because like it is a legendary land, it can be really awkward. I think you can at most run three of one in a monocolor deck, but I think even that is pushing mm. it. It's like one or two tops because yeah. they're legendary, maybe. Yeah, and it also like depends. Like how often in uh in your mono white aggressive deck are you holding up three mana to channel this uh a ganjo, mm -hmm. or how many times in your mono white control deck do you think you are? Like that's where it kind of becomes like yeah, the, my, the the big in my bard class they all cost one mana. Mm. Wow, they're all I legendary. I never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to get back to your original question of like if somebody's asking you, you know, if somebody brought a monocolored deck and they're saying, "Hey, how do I build a mono base?" I do think like may, maybe you have a different take here, but I kind of feel like I would ask like, "Why aren't you splashing a second color?" Um like I think the utility do. lands are good, but I don't think the like I think that the mono bases in Pioneer are good enough that you can splash two colors and still have just as many utility lands as you would have with a monocolored deck. So you would really have to be in some very specific reason to be in monocolored. Like, you know, the monocolored I mean, decks of the format, you know, even, even mono green, like, it's not always a monocolored deck. Like, we've seen it splashing mm, white. We've seen it black. splashing Grixis. We've seen yeah. it splashing, you know, a handful of things. Black. And, yeah. yeah. Black mainly. But I was gonna say sometimes it just comes down to people uh, not having the money to buy shocks. You know, the mana bases are some of the most expensive parts of Pioneer, uh, especially once you get like three, four, five color decks. So, you know, I really hope you're segueing this into a budget lands comment. I, Is that where you're going? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you know, that's oh. why someone would play uh, mono blue spirits with the mono blue mana base instead of uh, you know band spirits or instead of you know. Uh, Blue white spirits. That's the reason why I haven't made it because uh, the Hangate pathway is still uh, about twenty dollars a piece over here in Japan. Okay, maybe it's more like eighteen, but still. <laughs> no, like budgets are really a uh, really big concern, but I think the people like I don't know like mono monocolored ducks can exist purely for consistency. Mm -hmm. and, like I don't know, like I do you suggest that we see mono white make a splash? Like I, I, I think no. I think mono white's great as it is. There's... You don't need to splash another color. Yeah, no. Head. I mean, I don't necessarily mean. It. I just I, I'm kind of saying like in general. I think that there's not there, you need to have a good reason to be in mono colored. Well, like ossification, um, and I think that is aggro is a decent reason for it. 
for like mm-hmm. mono white ossifications also yeah. there's a lot of like like mono white like when i was running mono white uh something that was posed to me was cutting down lay down yeah, the arms yeah. but i think being a mono color lay down the arms is the strongest card in that deck and honestly i would love to see more like mono mono colored deck matters types cards like that i, I would too yeah i wouldn't mind to see if they were more powerful because i think that it is you know the the multi if we're talking about where we'd like to see lands go in the future i would love to see more strong monocolored based lands to reward you for going hey yeah. i'm going to focus on just like one color Koth with the mountains you know hey mountains deal this damage but no one really cares yeah yeah like if we saw like a scred type card i would really appreciate that what's scred again like sure, lay down yeah. the art scred deals damage equal to the amount of snow basics uh, you control i believe or snow mountains or something like that yeah and since it's this kind of might a, be snow a, permanence no permanence, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is kind of a tangent, but I would lo- also like to see, uh, how can I say, the non-basic land hate. I think that's another thing. Oh, you mean like Blood Moon adjacent cards, so, but not Blood Maybe moon, not obviously. Blood Moon, but just like stuff like, um, what was it, Path of Progress, deals damage equal to the number of non-basics oh, that pro- you control, yeah. or that player controls. I never want to play a format with Price of Progress. No. <laughs> that makes me cry. <laughs> Something like I, that. I like the Their idea of, of uh, you know, oh. a little bit of more non-basic land. Well, we have, though. like, M14 or something has the one where it's like whenever a non-basic land becomes tapped, it deals two damage, right? It's like a four-man. Oh, Burning Earth. Yeah, it's a four-man enchantment, right? Yeah, Burning Earth. I have one of those sign foil. Nice. That's the only reason I know nice. about that card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anything else? I mean, do we want to talk a little bit more about utility lands? Um, I was going to say one more yeah. thing as far as splashing colors, if we can, is something we didn't mention is that we do have some amount of tribal lands in the format. Uh, you know, the main two being that we have mm-hmm. two now full sets of, we have the Concealed Courtyard and the, or Secluded Courtyard and, uh, yeah. what is the other Unclaimed one Territory. Now? Unclaimed, Unclaimed territory. territory. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we, we also do have a couple others in that we've got one for Legends, we've got ones for Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing if they expanded on more of those. Like, I would love to see it if it's just like, here's a Spirit Land or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just be, uh, you know, be willing to make those more powerful for specific archetypes. You know, or an enchantment land, something, you know, not not a land that's an enchantment, which, but a, a land which for enchantments. Land? Without, without reprinting something like, you know, uh, Cavern of Souls, but which tribal land would, would be good? Um, I think the ones that we kind of want to see are the Lorwyn type, where yeah. it's a dual land that like would reward you for playing it. Like, there's the Merfolk one for Azorius, there's the Elf one, there's the Goblin one, mm. there's, like, styles like that. Uh, the ones that, the, the tribal lands that we missed on that actually exist in the format, which is funnily enough, is Sliverhive. That yeah. one also <laughs> exists in the format. Yeah um what else is there? there there's there was one or two more there's the the fortified beach i think is what it's called um yeah that's the that's new the soldiers, one for soldiers yeah, yeah we've got uh, some weird ones like the stuff that like puts a counter on like an insect dog bird or whatever yeah. i don't know some weird stuff like oh, that. animal sanctuary yeah <laughs> yeah no there's uh there's a lot of um i do wish that we actually saw a lot more like tribal based lands like that because i do think it would be really cool to have a lot more tribal based decks in the format because i think tribal decks are so healthy they're so fun and everyone loves playing a tribal deck yeah they probably don't see enough printing because they're not good in limited no i'm speaking of like um these uh utility lands though fabled passage really seems as to have dropped off recently i remember it's a lot of play i know it still seems to play in omnath maybe no i'm not doesn't more? really no. even really play it that much anymore that deck doesn't I, i'm like uh kruger fires mm-hmm. was the deck that kind of like played it pretty recently but you don't really see a whole lot of it and the reason you don't is just because it it doesn't come into play untapped before turn four mm-hmm. 
and you that that's just it's so slow and w instead of like getting these like uh or card this card into your graveyard which would matter or additional land drop triggers those just don't matter as much anymore mm. so having like a more perfect mana base just matters so much more so that's why you're seeing a lot more like slow lands um even these more like you, you can even just play more like cheap utility lands like even more like man lands so like we have like but we just got terramorphic expanse that was like the first time uh, we basically have three fetches no 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 <laughs> Yeah, we just got a Terramorphic Expanse. That's so funny. We did just get Other it. People, you know, were like, oh, hey, that'd be cool to have this card. And it's like, okay, what is it going to do? Yeah, I know. I still remember when um, Evolving Wilds, and you were playing two of those because you can only play four Fable mm -hmm. uh, back when Omnath, uh, Omnath Lotus yeah, Cover was yeah. a deck. Exactly. I feel like I would put um, Field of Ruin and Demolition Field before I would even go for, uh, you know, putting a, an Evolving Wilds in my deck. Nah, well, Evolving Wilds got outscaled because of the yeah. Streets of New Capanna, Kabara, whatever, whatever they are. The I don't know what that land cycle is, but they're Evolving Wild wannabes that gain a line. Hideouts or whatever they are. Yeah. yeah, they all have different names, I think, but I don't think there was like a general name from all of them. The common cycle. Yeah. If someone has a name for it, put it in the Discord because I don't know what the name for them are. So I think this is a good way, or this is a good way to end it. Let's talk about the mana bases. Like this is my last question I want to ask before we we finish here today. What would you like to see printed? Like, where? what are we missing? So I think, like, as far as colored mana, I think we're fine. I think, you know, you can build uh, a lot of different colored mana bases. I'm going to say I want some better utility lands. You know. In what sense? You know, give me more value, more more good colorless sources. I think, no, not man lands, not like Mutavault or, you know, Faceless Haven, but, you know, something for my insult deck, for example that i that i could play or yeah so you know, archetype specific things that's kind of what we were talking about with yeah. you know, tribal decks it would be nice to see lands that supported certain deck types and i'm surprised we don't see much of that like maybe i could see them if i feel like the thing is if they printed them they'd probably print them in commander products because mm. it'd be built for like oh this is the you know in soul artifact commander deck and mm -hmm. we're gonna get the in soul land on it but uh <laughs> yeah I mean, I'd agree uh, with that. I'd I, love to see some more of those. What about you guys? What, what would be your thing? Like, what, how would you like to see mana bases improved in the future in Pioneer? I think I have some like select lands that I would like to see included into the format at some point. Like, I think I very much so think that Eldrazi Temple is the perfect mm. power level for Pioneer. Ooh. I think that's like a hot take. And we have the I mean, Sanctum of Ugin, and we also have uh, the Forsaken. What is it? Temple of Forsaken, Forsaken Gods. Gods. Yeah. Would, would that make yeah. Eldrazi not, good if we had something like Eldrazi uh, Temple? If you had a if you had Eldrazi Temple, I think Eldrazi could be like an like it would be an actually like playable colorless deck, but it would probably end up being like a better version of red green aggro or mm. boats would be like more of an Eldrazi style, mm. which I think would be like a really cool, interesting adaptation to the mm. format because like the Eldrazi's have been pushed at a power level in modern, so like I think that the ones that do exist in Pioneer like. I don't know, like how intimidating is a turn two mattery shaper, or a turn two like a turn two thought not here is like kind of intimidating, so, but like red black just murders. Temple anyway. over uh what's the other one? Uh Eye of Ugin, right? Eye of Ugin. Yeah, yeah we don't no, want Eye of Ugin's Ugin. not touching this format. Eye of Ugin's not touching this format. Well, no, tem no, no, Temple no, no, would be no, the no. best one because that's actually not something that I think that would be locked into one one type of uh story. I think the Eye of Ugin's very story based. Whereas the Eldrazi Temple yeah. could be just, hey, you know, the Eldrazi are here, they made a temple. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that would be really cool in this in the format. I do think that a, a more of these like five color, uh, like like if we could see humans try to branch off into being five colors with like a little bit of a better more like tribal mana base. Like if we got like an unclaimed territory type land that mattered for whatever it is. Like I don't know, give it like an Aether Hub style where 
there's only three counters yeah. on, like gemstone yeah, mine actually yeah. that's what i'm thinking of gemstone mine print gemstone mine in the format for, for yeah. tribal fine. or something yeah yeah make it make it like like whatever you you it caps are five colors but it can only tap for the the creatures or whatever yeah. I, I just think I want to see more of like a wider range of aggressive uh, aggro creature style decks, and I also do th- agree with the rhetoric that we want more of like these monocolored lands matter deck, or monocolored decks matter. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be a really cool way. But I think yeah. the way that they have to go about it is by printing spells that matter instead of the for monocolored like triple white, triple black, whatever type powerful effects. Yeah, and make make them yeah. powerful enough that it you know you don't want to pay make, gives you a reason to be in that color. Yeah. yeah, I think that like the invoke you know invoke despair is probably like yeah. a good example of them actually doing that recently. We just need to see more of that kind of thing. Um, as far as for me, I think where I might lean towards is like you know I would always say I, I would always complain about the uh, the cycles not being completed, and maybe I'll say that that's still there, but for the utility lands, like there's just such huge power disparities between some of the cycles of utility lands mm. that it almost feels like we need to see like a like it's so. Weird weird that um you know adventures in forgotten realm just didn't print a white member of the cycle like there's a, a great green one a great red one a great blue one and a great black one and there's no white one uh it, you know like you mentioned castle Embereth being not at the same power level as a castle Lockthwain mm-hmm. as far as what they do for the format um so it would be nice if they were a little bit targeted with printing new utility lands to fill in the colors that don't have um the same power level like you know if they printed a a utility land for a white aggro deck that would be very interesting because the white utility land that we have which is castle uh ardenvale is you know yeah. more just for a control deck like it doesn't at all fit in a white aggro so it would be nice if they were a little bit targeted with thinking about future utility lands and filling in the gaps that we have in the current ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the only other comment i can make is i also wish there was more of like a lands archetype or a little bit Ooh. more of like a lands map because like we have okay, a case of the stage in the format which would be sick yeah like we also have scape shift in the format yeah. with dryad that also exists um there, there is just like there's so many tools in the format that already just exist for a good lands deck that we just don't have yeah uh, so we i think the only one that's ever existed is the omnath genesis ultimatum pile and i wish just mm. something like that existed again because i think that was really cool where you were just trying to ramp with these cool with the like lands or whatever okay here, here's like, a even question. like a lands control go for it here's a question okay lotus field gets banned crop rotation yep. gets printed does it see play in pioneer uh no <laughs> that's good i think so too yeah i would also say yeah. no but i think that that's a very interesting like mm. yeah that really proves that there's just no archetype based around lands that mm. you wouldn't be able to play um you know, literal crop rotation we need to get field of yeah, ruin i don't know back. if i'm exactly we're not field, ruin, field, field of uh Field of the dead. dead would definitely give no. lands an archetype again. Hey, I, yeah. I almost, you know, it it would, it, that would be the other, I've said it before, like, that would be a way to, to nerf red-black is they would not have a fun time against a field of oh, the yeah. dead. I, I remember, what was it, uh, tokens became an archetype in modern for a bit, and you used to see, like, cards like Verdiant Plague, which exists in Pioneer, when it gives huh. creature tokens minus two, mm-hmm. minus two. If I saw three of that in a red-black sideboard, I'd be happy with the Pioneer format. <laughs> oh, wh- no, what's what's the name of that card? It's not Verdant Plague, is it? It's, uh... Vi- 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 oh, Vi- I thought it was Virulent. Yeah, Virulent. Okay, Vi- yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, you had it. Okay. I was close yeah. enough. I, I get a passing grade yes. on the like, exam yeah. for knowing bad cards. Hmm. Hey, I've I've shown up at a, at an event running that card in my sideboard huh. before. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what, what else you got for us, Ryan? That's We're happy all, to man. answer questions. I, like I said, you know, I I just kind of wanted to explore lands a little bit more. You know, after seeing the the fast sun cycles get finished, um, you know, 
last month, I thought this would be a, a, a good time to revisit. So thank you guys for, for talking about lands with me today. Yeah, I guess if I want to answer some more questions, I'm going to have to answer the questions from you guys, the listeners. You're going to have to go ahead and tweet us out. Follow us at MTG Pioneer. You can also find a link to our Discord there where you can bug us with all kinds of questions and things. Yep, and you guys can find me on Twitter if you guys want to uh, talk with me. Uh, I'm Yo Japan Hobbyist on there. Also in the Discord if you want to, uh, you know, at me and uh, we can talk. And uh, Ashiok, how about you? Dreams of Ashiok on Twitter. At me in the Discord if you want to yell at me about my competitive takes mm. or that I said that Eldrazi <laughs> Devil should exist in the format. I'm okay with it. I will take the heat. <laughs> all right, wonderful. Thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for joining us, Ashiok. Thank you, Ryan, for being great. Uh, hopefully I kept up my energy and wasn't falling asleep by the end of this one. Uh, thank you guys all for listening, because this wouldn't be possible without all of you to listen to us scream into the void. Anyways, we are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. Your First Pioneers are landing out.